Hey there, welcome back. This is Lauren Denny with the Simply Country Podcast, and today we are going to be sharing um, our conversation with Julie from Stoner Family Farms and how she got started selling at her farmer's market. Hi, Julie. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. Awesome. Well, Julie, we are on the Simply Country Podcast, and I was wanting to know uh, where are you at locally and where can people follow you on your journey, and then how did you get started? Thanks. Thanks for having me, Lauren. Um, We are here in Northwest Indiana. My husband and I um, run a flock of sheep. That's our specialty. Um, We have about 200 ewes right now, and we're lambing out about 125 of those. Um, My husband and my father-in-law actually have been running lambs for years and years, long before I came around. So I kind of married into the gig, and I always say that I'm learning as I go, and I'm loving it. Uh, how can people follow you on social media? I am my, I'm mainly on Instagram. I prefer Instagram a lot more than Facebook, although I am on Facebook. So I am on both at Stoner Family Farms. Great. That's how I found you was on social media. And you have just so many photos. I like your quotes and you just share so much about just being in the community and just really boosting everybody's um you bring in your family and i love seeing all of that you have very a lot of variety going on in your page yes yes (laughs) from uh marketing um boosting other people up when you're in the ag groups and your farmer's market that you've been selling i mean there's just a lot to do in there so i can't wait to hear a little bit more about what you've got going on so today we're going to be kind of chatting a little bit about the farmer's market and how you kind of got started so will you share what you are selling at a farmer's market yes um, right now, like you kind of said, we have a nice variety. We, it all started with um, the sheep, and um, we, my husband wanted to have an avenue for the lambs that aren't show quality. Okay. So the main goal is to sell and breed um, lambs that are you know top-notch for show quality, but of course there are some that don't make that cut. So we started a meat program. Um, we are going into our eighth year of being at the farmer's market and it all started with just lamb. That first year I was a little overwhelmed, didn't know what I was doing. I showed up with a freezer full of lamb and it went well. And so we, um, kept coming back and we've kept growing our business year after year. That's wonderful. Where is this farmer's market? Is it local? Is it just, um, cause there's a variety of different types of farmer's market. So I think some people might be thinking, um, you know, at a, like a local park and other people, like other vendors come and bring maybe their flowers or jams. So what does it kind of look like where you guys are at for a farmer's market? Yes. Our market has grown over the eight years that we've been there. Um, we are now under a pavilion, um so we're out of that weather element and it goes from june till october so that's great you know now we have bathrooms there um, and there's a wide variety of vendors as well from other meat sellers flowers like you said baked goods i mean it's all there it's a great saturday event we have live music and activities for kids and um, it's actually a two day a week market so we were doing the market tuesdays and saturdays Um, And then our community here in Northwest Indiana, there's a lot of towns and each town kind of has their own farmer's market, but we are very strict to our town, Valparaiso, Indiana, and that is the one market that we do. And do you see that you have a lot of returning customers who go and seek you out? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've had customers that have been coming for 
you know, since our very first year. I mean, they know me personally now. They know my girls' birthdays and, you know, things like that. It's been great to build those relationships. Yes, exactly. So how important is it to build a relationship with your community in order to sell some of your goods? It's it's very important. Um, When I was first starting out, I'll be honest, it seemed a little strange that um, people would want to friend me personally on Facebook, you know, my personal account, or they would ask just um, very specific personal questions, or they would want to just sit down in my chair and (laughs) visit for like 20 minutes. And it seemed very strange at first. Now I get it. um, And it's just, it's what we do on Saturdays, but people want to know me and they want to know my family. They've been seeing my girls up at the farmer's market now and watching them age over the years. And they feel like they know us and they do know us. And that then I think makes it easier for them to invest mm-hmm. in our business and buy what we're selling because they know us, they trust us, they like us. Um, and it's very personal. The farmer's market. So when you are saying you're building your community, how are you getting your name out there so that people can be your returning customers or just like you said, like add you on Facebook Um are you using just social media to really just promote your business? Do you have a website? Uh, do you advertise locally into like your local stores in Indiana? What is your, what's your thoughts on that? Um, we actually don't do a lot of advertising. Um, we, we have had several local chefs buy our lamb and then they will put it on their menu that it's from us. And so a lot of people have come and told us that. Otherwise, we're, we're just at the farmer's market a lot. Um, anytime I can kind of get involved in like a charity event, I will do that. And, um, you know, maybe give away a basket with some of our other goods like honey and goat's milk soap and a gift card for our lamb. And, um, like I said, my husband and father-in-law have been doing it for years. So, you know, they were at our local fairs for years and it's kind of just people kind of associate our last name, I guess, with lamb and, um, so that has definitely helped that we had that foundation when we started. Nice. I love that you have said what you just said because that means you've created a brand and that right there is so important in business that you've created something that people recognize when they think of Stoner Family Farms. They think yeah. of lamb. That is really cool. Right. So you sell uh, lamb. That was your first thing uh, that you brought to the fa- farm family farm market. <laughs> what yeah. What's the next avenue that you started to sell? Um, so I, I had, I had young kids and that was one thing. It was hard when I was first starting out because I was overwhelmed with young kids and homeschooling. And this was kind of just a side hustle. But then as my, my girls have gotten older, I've been able to add in more things. So um, the next thing I added in was just seasonal vegetables. Like we had plenty of sweet corn that we had been, you know, growing for years. So we decided to sell it and rhubarb and um, just things that we had um, in excess on the farm, we decided to bring up to sell. And I started with um, baked goods. I would then bring up baked goods made from things from the farm, like rhubarb or using my goat's milk in baked goods and um, goat's milk fudge and things like that. And then um, I think two years ago, I started with goat's milk soap. So I've been bringing that up. Um, We got honeybees in there at some point. So we've been bringing up honey and beeswax wax products. 
always something to add. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say you have a wide variety. So that's really exciting that people can now come to you and not only have lamb, but have just, they can really sustain themselves in a lot of ways by supporting your farm. Right. And that is definitely something we notice. You know, some people um, only want lamb for a special occasion, or some people don't like lamb, but they like our family and they want to buy from us. And yeah. so having those other options has been great on for both sides, for the for our, our side and for them. Great. That's good to hear. Can you share a little bit about um, the process? Like how would it, how would somebody get into the fam- the farmer's market? Um, the first thing I would say that I have told people is to just start. You know, my first year, like I said, looked very different than it does now. Okay. Well, I'm glad I started that first year because I've learned a lot. I've, I've changed my marketing, you know, my logos, my things like that. Um, I, I knew that there was a farmer's market in our town. So I contacted um, who runs that and, you know, she went through all the contract and all that. And it, it's actually quite easy to get signed up, get a spot. Um, I talked to other vendors about what they, you know, learned and didn't learn. Pinterest is a great source of just, you know, having kind of like a checklist of what you might not remember. And that's good advice. Uh, Pinterest has everything. I mean, yes. I think we can all agree that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So what would, if this was going to be like our very first time um, going to sell at a farmer's market, can you kind of give us that Pinterest worthy checklist? Like what, what would be something we would look for or make, what would, what can we expect? Signage. You definitely need signage. Um, But one thing that I learned early on is not to have your prices and your signs so big that people can read it from a far, far distance because you want people to approach your booth. You want them to come up to you. You want to be able to say hi and show your smile and and show your personality right away. And I learned that early on. Um, You also want it to be, you know, presentable enough. It doesn't have to be Pinterest worthy perfect, but it needs to be presentable. Mm -hmm. You want a clean table, a clean tablecloth. Um, you want a chair for when you're not busy. You want to be able to sit down. Um, obviously a cash box, business cards. Um, there is, you know, there is a lot of planning that goes into it, but it's all simple. If you plan in ahead of time, it's, it's easy to come by items. That's good advice. We would love to know also, um, what kind of tips would you, have you learned over time? Like when you're talking to people, you said you want people to approach your booth um, and kind of get to know who you are and your smile. I like your idea of not having the the prices so large. I didn't even yeah. think about that. If they just stand back and go, eh, not for me, and they just move on, that's interesting. So that's I like that little tip of that marketing. But what kind of advice would you have for someone who's, like how do they how do they talk about what they sell? Do you know what I mean? It um, that is a learning curve as well. Sometimes it is hard to talk about yourself, um, but obviously if you're going to be selling your products, you're going to believe in it. You're you're going to want to stand by it, and so just be yourself. I've also found that things that are everyday, ordinary, mundane to me are very interesting and fascinating to somebody who's never witnessed it before. Um, you know, like when I talk about how we have a nanny goat on the farm, some milk, maybe in an abandoned lamb, people are fascinated by that, that you can 
cross those two breeds and then a goat will raise up a lamb as their own. Or um, talking about honeybees, people, you know, saving the bees is very big right now. And if people are fascinated and just want to know any bit of information, but they can, they just want to learn and, um, and, and talk to someone right there present that they believe and trust. Great. What does your daily, what does your um, day-to-day activities kind of look like when you have your life on your farm? Um, For us, it's seasonal for sure. So in the summer, um, I'm at the farm in the morning and the evenings. Um, But during the school year, I homeschool my girls. And so I'm only on the farm in the evenings. Um, Me and my husband do everything with Um, his parents, my in-laws. And so during the school year, my father-in-law handles the morning, morning chores and things like that. My husband actually works full-time off the farm. So he's there as much as he can be. He's there every night like I am. Um, But in the summer, we're working with our show animals, you know, feeding, watering, um, just every day, making sure everything looks healthy and well. Um, and then right now we are lambing. So we're lambing out about 125 lambs. And that is just such an exciting time for the girls to just see the babies and witness life being born on the farm. I mean, it's, you, you can't um, fill that with anything else. It's perfect. Well, I really like the way that you have almost like a tiered system that everything is just has a purpose for your farm. So that's great to hear. Well, good. Um, what have, can I ask, what would be your, when you're ta- thinking about, um, getting into like the beeswax and using goat milk for like creating soap and stuff, what is your, like how cost effective is it if you were going to want to get into like raising goats in order to make soap, would that be enough to keep your goats sustainable? You know what I mean? Like how... I think you're nodding your head like, yeah, I know what that question is. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. And and um, the answer for for the amount of soap that I make and, um, you know, we, we originally had the nanny goats on the farm for the purpose of the lambs. It's like everything comes back to the sheep and the lambs, you yeah. know? And um, when we have a little bit of excess milk, I just started milking them and putting it in the freezer and I decided to make soap with it. Um, I, you know, I don't do shows every weekend just selling my soap. Okay. So having a goat and feeding her and taking care of her, I would not recommend for someone that's just going to kind of dabble in goat's milk soap. You know, there's a lot that goes along with having an animal and taking care of an animal. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, I have had people, I have so much milk that I have sold it to people that just want to make soap, but don't want the goat. (laughs) Um, you know, because I get so much of it. Um, same with the honeybees. Um, you know, one hive, I always say it's, it's not really worth it. If you're going to get honeybees, you should get at least two or three for a couple of reasons. One, so that you have enough honey for yourself Two, so that you could sell some. And also as you're working your hives, you have something to compare it to. I can look at my honeybees and be like, oh, hive two is not doing as well as the others. But if I just had one hive, yeah. I wouldn't have anything to compare it to. That makes a lot of sense. Do you use your honeybees also? Do you have like a garden that you are in or flowering sections? Is that one of the purposes also why you have your honeybees? 
Yes, yes, they are great pollinators. It's true. And we also have, we live in a very wooded area mm-hmm. and we have a lot of wild black raspberries. And we noticed when we got our honeybees, our crop of black raspberries, I mean, it it tripled and quadrupled within just four years. I mean, it was it was amazing to see how much growth our berries did with just having the honeybees. Wow, isn't that amazing? Yes. That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, and I noticed that too. We had planted a couple of fruit orchard trees and we also had like a tree and it just flowered. It didn't really do anything when we had moved in. And then once we started planting our own um fruit orchard trees, we noticed that that big tree that was already established started flourishing and had some actual fruits that come out of it. So that's really cool how important that cross-pollination is with various different species and how important bees really just take on a lot of the work for us. So that is really cool. Interesting. I agree. (laughs) I always say that I love how so much of farm life is intertwined. You know, the bees help with our garden and a goat can milk an abandoned lamb and um, the ch- we give, you know, scraps to the chickens and the chickens eat the bugs in the garden and it all just works together. And I, I think it's amazing. Interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, I have a personal question about your, you just brought up your chickens and your gardens. So we are trying to set up our garden. Um, we have so many chickens and right now, since the ves- vegetation is not, really prevalent we do a lot more of like the actual feeding for them instead of them doing a whole lot of scavenging because there's not a whole lot out there right now but as we're setting up our garden do you prefer to have a like a border around your garden um of some sort or because there's some people who say oh they just let their chickens go in to their garden and some people say no you should have a whole fence line right i um we in the years past um, our chickens had like their own fenced in run area. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've moved things around now. So starting this year, um, they've been out and about. And the same thing when the garden comes, I, I said, we're going to have to do something different. We're going to have to fence the garden in because they're going to tear it up and I'm not going to be happy about that. So that is too yet to be determined. Okay. Well, okay. I'll come back to you then. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we had like a rose bush and I had just planted it and like it was demolished. And I was like, oh my gosh. So yeah. they're just, <laughs> they love everything new too. They're so funny. Yeah. Well, what questions have I not asked you that you would love to share with us? Or what kind of advice do you have that that you think would be important for other people to learn from you? Um, Just if you're, if, if you are interested in selling your products of, at a farmer's market, I would really say to just get started, just do it. It's not going to be perfect, but you'll learn as you go mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. always make those improvements. You'll, you'll learn as you go, you'll get ideas and inspiration from elsewhere and you can always grow. You know, like I said, our first year I showed up with just lamb and now I have, um, a lot of products that I take up and that I try to stay on top of to take up to the market. That's good advice. Um, yeah. One thing I, I would say, I guess, is that if you're up at a farmer's market, um, get to know the vendors, you know, that some of them, it's their livelihood. For me, my market is kind of just my side hustle, but, um, you know, any, I would say any vendor that's up at a farmer's market is very passionate about what they do. They very much care about what they do, whether they're selling flowers 
or whether it's an animal that you know they had slaughtered to nourish families, they um, are investing in their business, they care about it, they want to be honest and helpful to you, and they appreciate your business. Definitely. Small community and small business is very key for a lot of people's survival. Yes. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Julie. I'm so grateful for you. Is there, can you please tell people again where they can go and support your family? Yes. Um, I am mainly on Instagram at Stoner Family Farms. I am also on Facebook at Stoner Family Farms. And I just want to say thanks to you, Lauren. Thanks for reaching out and asking me to be on your podcast. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure to go check out Julie and more of her content and let us know what your thoughts are. You can leave a review. Uh, Find us on social media. We are on all of the social media platforms. So make sure you say, come and say hi and tell us what you'd like to see next. Have a great day, guys.